What's going on guys, my name is Elden Hero and welcome to my review of episode 8 of 13 Reasons Why. I'm sorry I'm getting through these so slowly, particularly this week, I think it's been like a 4 or 5 day gap between episodes and uh, that's something that's not gonna happen the entire time, just this has been a particularly stressful and busy week for me. Anyway, um, I'm actually really really excited about this show and I was really really excited to see this episode um, in my notes the very first thing I have written down is episode 8 really excited so um, let's get in for anyone that doesn't know um, what my process is here because I don't like this is a review in a really loose sense it's it's more like my reaction uh, what I do is I watch like each scene and then I pause it and then I write down what it made me feel or whatever so when I describe the scene I'm describing it purely for context because I know that a lot of you will have seen like every episode of the show but you won't remember it scene by scene so I'm kind of just bringing you back to where it is so that I can give you my uh, reaction to it so I don't really know if it's an effective format like I haven't seen anyone else doing anything like this but I am very um, unfamiliar and inexperienced with uh, the YouTube movie review scene so um, that's just what this is anyway I hope you guys are enjoying it and if you are obviously do leave a like on the on the video because it makes a difference to my ego anyway this episode opens with Hannah speaking really poetically about her insecurities and I think this was the first piece of dialogue in the show that reminded me that this is based on a book. It was a simple metaphor but sounded quite beautiful when she said it. We catch a very short glimpse of Clay rock climbing with Tony before he lands in Mr. Porter's office and we continue on from the previous episode where he got dragged in there kicking and screaming in the hallway. Mr. Porter basically just wants to be Clay's friend here. Just like his dad, just like every male authority figure on Netflix TV shows it seems. He says he's there for Clay if he ever wants to talk and Clay says everyone wants to talk but nobody wants to do anything then he storms out of Mr. Porter's office and he's clearly looking for like a safe space here or somewhere to go or something to do and standing right outside sure enough is Tony uh, right next to his very nice Mustang and um Basically, Mr. Porter comes back out and he sees Clay along with Clay's mom and Clay knows that it's either get in the car or else go back to Mr. Porter. So despite his protests, he gets in the car and Tony managed to work his way into a position where it was either Tony's car or another conversation with the really weird and uninspiring and oh my god how is he employed Mr. Porter so they drive away and we cut to the gym where Courtney, Jessica, Alex, Zach and Justin are plotting and scheming that's the first time I've mentioned the entire like crew individually instead of going the jock crew so now you know who I'm talking about Alex is affected by some kind of stomach pain here which is probably a physical manifestation of his guilt and Justin in his infinite angry stupidity suggests killing Clay and making it look like a suicide. This character is unbelievably stupid. I'm not criticizing the writing of the show here or, or anything like that. I'm not saying like, oh, this is a ridiculous character. I mean, if I were in that universe, this would be my response. Like within this universe, Justin is a complete and utter moron. Obviously, I don't know what he's trying to stop Clay from finding out. So I like I don't understand the uh, maybe the sheer scale of the issue that he's dealing with here. But I do know that Justin's stupidity illuminates every single jock crew meeting like a firework would illuminate a petrol station. 
Zach ominously claims that if just one small thing had gone differently, maybe they wouldn't be in this position at all. The gym goes back in time, and Hannah samples the various colleges attempting to recruit students for the boss fight that is third-level education. Uninspired by academia and the acronyms that determine your future, Hannah starts talking to a pretentious librarian with a big gap in his beard that's inexplicably there and never mentioned. Like, was he shot in it or something? He tells her about a poetry event and tells her to come along. She says she won't, but we all know she will, especially after the intro that she gave in this episode. As it jumps back to the current day, we see Alex arguing with Justin, telling him that Hannah never lied about him and his tape, which leads him to question whether she's lying about whatever details we have yet to uncover. I love these consistent um, conversations that reflect the severity of the situation they're dealing with and the fact that we don't know what it is yet. Because I think some people watching might not even expect anything because each tape seems to reveal a more like dastardly deed uh, that was committed against Hannah, but it's pretty clear they're talking about some huge scale thing like on a level that we haven't actually seen yet and that all of these things that Hannah is talking about are just little little ripples in the lake in comparison to the ocean of evidence that's going to come up against I don't know Justin maybe like I don't know who the leader of the jock crew would be because Marcus is uh, kind of the strategist and he seems to take control a lot but they all seem to react around uh justin's aura i think um so yeah it's 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 interesting and it's it's sort of keeps you wanting to watch because there's something to look forward to uh with each episode we then cut away to hannah walking to the poetry meeting and as she walks in the door her voice on the cassette says i wanted a purpose i know that this is just a throwaway line to explain her going to the poetry event but it's important to mention that a teenager who has been bullied and victimized combined with having no sense of purpose is definitely a recipe for disaster. A lot of this show appears to leave the audience grappling with the severity of Hannah's depression or else confused as to the motives of her suicide. And I think it's important that she was completely unfazed by any of the colleges that were on offer to her, and that she was taken in by the prospect of sharing her feelings with strangers through art. Like, it's definitely not an insignificant aspect of her journey here. We learn in this scene that Ryan Shaver is the subject of this episode's tape. I'm not sure who's listening to this episode tape, because Clay has given the tapes back to Speaking Tom. of Tony... We cut to Tony and Clay getting out of the Mustang, and Tony has some ropes around him. Clay is wondering what his fate may be here, and Tony says, We're just going for a little walk. This fucking guy can never just spit out a sentence. He only talks in riddles and vague statements. Hey, Tony, what are you having for dinner? I'm going to have whatever the earth deems suitable for me to eat today. Like, shut up, Tony. We know you're going rock climbing. We saw the start of the episode and you're not fooling anyone. Hannah was upset at Ryan for publishing her name in the school magazine and alluding to the best ass thing that Alex made up. But he comes to the pharmacy and gives her a journal as a peace offering. He says her thoughts deserve a nice place to live. And this seems like a sincere gesture. But again, I'm not going to get my hopes up because I know what happens in this series, generally speaking. We also see Mr. Porter telling Lainey, which I have just learned is Clay's mom's name, that Clay ditched class today. And she looks so concerned before the camera pans back to Clay at the rocks with Tony. Tony tells him it's an easy climb, that he did it when he was a kid. And frustratingly, Tony tells him that all the answers he seeks 
are at the top. We then see Hannah asking Ryan for guidance on how to write like him after witnessing a really intense reading of one of his poems. And to be honest, I actually liked it. I thought it was decent. Kind of really pretentious and like sickly. And if someone asked me, did I like it? I would say no. But truthfully, like I, I thought it was fitting of his character. I'll say that. There's a lot going on in this episode. The scenes are shifting between the characters a lot more than usual, and it's beginning to feel slightly like a filler episode. I think it's because they have to compensate for there being no tape for Clay to listen to, so the story isn't going through Clay's eyes anymore, and it's more of an overview of what's going on in the town of... Liberty? What's the town called in this show? As Clay's mom frantically searches for him at his house, banging on his door, Clay's dad walks in and literally does not care at all. Clay's mom is a wash of emotion, doing that halfway towards breaking down and halfway holding it together thing that Claire Danes does really well in Homeland. But Clay's dad is just like, ah, so what? He hitchhiked to Mexico to join some cartel or he flew off to Syria to wage jihad against the infidels. He's a kid, Laney. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. I'm a terrible father. We then cut to the climb where Tony goes to grip a dent in the wall, but he accidentally hits Clay in the face with a rock that falls out. I shouldn't have laughed at this scene, but it was kind of funny to me that of all the things to happen, a rock would fly out and hit Clay square between the eyes. Tony then Spider-Mans his way up the rocks and lowers the rope for Clay to climb up. As Clay reaches the top, he's coated in this substantial, like, adrenaline rush, and it's as if he feels alive for the first time in years. It's hard to watch this scene and not think of Tony as a kind of heroic character. Like, he's really done Clay a favour here, and even though it was a frustrating road to get there... The end was once again worth it, which I think is one of the calling cards of this show. It's frustrating, but the payoff is worth it. And this was a really good scene. Hannah reads out a poem that she wrote at the poetry meeting thing, and it's actually really good. Like, it's intimate, it's thought-provoking, and it's deeply personal. The poem bemoans her objectification and its central message is one of desire the desire to be treated better and the desire to get away from the school that's holding her down like metaphorically obviously ryan tells her that she should publish the poem and she rejects the idea point blank and at this moment it was obvious what was coming next she rolls into school the next day and sure enough everyone in the school is talking about the poem before I got a sense of deja vu, um, I did get time to notice that he actually did submit the poem anonymously, which is kind of a step in the right direction, but he had to have known he was scoring a serious own goal here by doing that. There's even a scene where that absolute idiot of a communications teacher literally reads the poem out to the class to discuss it. There's a similarly personal moment between Clay and Tony, as Tony reveals he witnessed the crime scene of Hannah's suicide. I say crime scene because that's the term that he used. Like, I guess suicide is technically a crime, but what he was referring to was the mechanical nature of it. Like, for the cops and EMTs, it was just a part of their job, and they didn't have to experience the humanity in it. But it's clearly had an impact on Tony, and he speaks about it as if it was an important moment in his life. Like, he's quite vivid in his descriptions, and it really adds some weight to all the previous scenes where he's following Clay around and insisting that he listen to the tapes like some kind of weird psychopath. We can finally see that it matters to Tony on a personal level instead of this nebulous do-gooder mission that he appeared to be on or his mission to annoy viewers of the show. He also tells Clay that he's gay and it's really funny because Clay had no idea. There's a loose trail of scenes involving Hannah's parents which kind of culminate in Olivia telling a stranger that she has a daughter and she starts speaking about Hannah as though she were still alive talking about how she's applying for New York and uh, stuff like that. 
it's like I really feel for the parents in this show. Like I've heard ludicrous suggestions in the media that this TV show is encouraging teen suicides. And while I haven't read any of the stories, I'm sure they're overblown and sensationalized. But I would hope that any genuinely depressed or disassociated people watching this show could maybe draw strength from Hannah's parents because this is just a piece of teenage fiction, but they're really good characters in my opinion. And their scenes are the most difficult to watch because of that. Like there's some kind of identifiable harrowing struggle in her mother trying to keep everything together while finding everything out and her father just trying to stay strong. And I I just feel like they kind of stamp the adult part into the show uh, in some in some weird way. When Hannah announces that she's no longer going to the poetry meetings, she says, shit happens and people suck. And I'm about to say something that will make me sound like an insane person, but I think there's something to this and I'm going to try and explain it. Hannah is a depressed person crying out for a sense of purpose. Like she's even said that in this episode, right? That she's looking for purpose. She got excited at the prospect of poetry because on the face of it, it looked like a cure for her lack of expression like creative freedom and it's a positive outlet for her the language she used on the cassette was really poetic throughout the episode symbolizing how well she took to this medium and how it worked for her but as soon as she stops going she says something as tragically unpoetic as shit happens and people suck it's like the life being drained out of her again like another failed attempt at reinvention for her another door closed in her future Does that make sense or have I gone completely off the deep end and into idiot trying to sound profound territory here? Or is is that like a fair conclusion to reach from the shifting tone of the narrative in this episode? Anyway, the episode ends with Clay figuring out that it was Hannah's poem uh, that he was admiring in the past. And he, I I should have mentioned this, but obviously it will will be known to anyone who saw the episode, which is all of you presumably. Um, But... Clay asked for the tapes back from Tony, just as Tony knew that he would. And he says, you haven't heard your tape yet. Which, I don't know if that implies that Clay's tape is next, but I would imagine that Clay's tape would be last. Um, for a few reasons that I won't get into here. But Clay finds the poem in the school magazine, and he brings it to Hannah's mother at the pharmacy. And the reaction from Olivia here is so organic. Like, I think the mothers of Clay and Hannah are really, really good actors. Their reactions in every scene just seem so authentic. Like, you can see how appreciative Olivia is, yet that she is so shocked that she can't really find the words to say anything to Clay. And then Clay just leaves the store and the episode ends. And I have to say, I actually enjoyed this episode. I was thinking at a certain point halfway through that it just felt like a filler episode. And then Tony dropped the bombshell and it all of a sudden became more about Clay. And uh, I guess the the parallels between Clay and Hannah, which I think are really important in the show, like Clay doing a thing that made him feel alive in climbing the, the mountain or the rocks, or whatever you would call that thing. And then straight after that scene was Hannah delivering the poem that she wrote to the poetry meeting. It's it's like new ways that they find a catalyst for different types of expression or, or like different senses of purpose in their lives. Because as soon as Clay had that quote-unquote near-death experience thing, 
he immediately wanted to listen to the tapes again, like he had felt the life come back into him. And similarly, when Hannah read out that poem to the group of strangers, like it was a big deal and it made an impact on her and it made a difference. And I think that there's just a really neat parallel going on between the two of them. And it helps us to understand Hannah's story a little bit better because we're experiencing it through Clay. Um, But anyway, that's the end of this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please leave a like or a comment or whatever. I've been Eldon Hero. Thanks for listening.